Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor.fm. Blog Talk Radio. Appreciate the tweets, appreciate the calls, appreciate the comments. 
I appreciate you listening and taking the time out of your evening to do so. Uh, first thing we also want to mention is that we have a guest on the line uh, in about 15 minutes. We talked about Kentucky and Auburn coming up on Thursday, Thursday night. Got all eyes on the new Commonwealth Stadium, the Auburn Tigers coming to town. And we're going to have a gentleman who covers the Auburn Tigers uh, for the Opelika Auburn News. Tom Green will be on to talk uh, all things War Eagle, all things Auburn Tigers at 615. So about 10 minutes from now, get a little preview uh, of the Auburn Tigers. No doubt we've seen bits and pieces of them here and there. Some of them may have seen more games than others, but uh, Tom can give us that vibe of what's going on and what they're trying to do when they come in to the new Commonwealth Stadium Thursday. Auburn's 3-2, and two, not type of season everybody thought they would have so far, especially the Auburn fans. So it's a big game for them. It's a big chance for Kentucky to knock off a big-time program. But the Kentucky still trying to fight for respect. They're trying to claw its way uh, into the consciousness of, of everyone from a national perspective and not just be, oh, you know, a win over Kentucky. Uh, some people like to think, some fan bases like to think, even with the progress that Kentucky has made. So if they knock off Auburn to ever do that, that just carries even more weight. That just makes them even more uh, relevant, more formidable, more on the rise. Missouri win was great. Play Florida close. Your close doesn't get you a W. Knock off a ranked Missouri team. Of course, now a lot of people say, well, Missouri is fading and they're not the same as the team as they were. So, still have to just keep proving yourself each and every week, and they have a great chance to do so uh, with Auburn coming to town. So I'm looking forward to talking to Tom at 6.15. It's going to be a, a whole lot of fun chatting with him. Florida made the news Monday. We talked about how news was just going crazy, uh, and that was with Will Greer. We talked about that. Uh, this guy was leading the Gators offense. Uh, undefeated in the driver's seat in the East, and Will Greer gets suspended for performing has some drugs, uh, suspended for a year. So this season, but they've played nearly half their season thus far, that will be a full 365. So it will take them into half of next year, the 2016 season. So that's a huge blow to Florida. You wonder how long they knew about it, how long they know things might not break well for them with this news. There are times Jim McElwain had, uh, hadn't really settled firmly on a starter. He knew something was coming down the pipe as far as the career situation. Uh, Treon Harris, the backup for most of the year, has oftentimes run afoul of the law or team rules and has found himself in the dugout, doghouse rather, on several occasions. So now he's back under center, back starting. Um, how will he respond? LSU this weekend. So it's not like this news broke uh, and they're playing like Elon or somebody that they can cakewalk through anyway. They are playing LSU. Leonard Fournette and LSU. So that is difficult enough in itself when you got your full team intact. Uh, 
now you got your starting quarterback that is suspended, so that is uh, something that will be difficult for them to deal with as well. Uh, so the Gators are making the news. They uh, had another suspension, too, for the defensive backs, DeAndre Porter. Is his name? i got to pull up the roster and get his name properly. But one of their defensive backs, in addition to losing real Will Greer, one of their DBs also has gotten himself in some trouble. Um, so, once again, terrible news when you have to look at facing LSU this coming weekend. But Jim McElwain has got his hands full. So far, so good, but now he's really going to be uh, rocky water. DeAndre Porter, red shirt, freshman corner, suspended indefinitely, facing five charges. Uh, this is from the Florida arrival site inside the Gators. Uh, five charges, four felonies and a misdemeanor, one charge, aggravated battery, two charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent, two for firing a weapon, a missile into a dwelling, building or vehicle, and one for criminal mischief for damages to property and $200 or fewer. Um, and today, Jim McElwain said he's no longer with the football team. He's suspended indefinitely. Uh, obviously a choice. It's a choice not to be with us. Says people will read about it soon enough. So uh, they got that going on in addition to the news about Will Greer. Uh, and it's just a whole lot for them to deal with on that end. Uh, as mentioned, we'll be talking with Sean Green about Kentucky and Auburn. Uh, Kentucky looks to try to go 5-1 and one for the second straight year. Um, so that would be really, really strong if they're able to pull that off. Uh, did it last year. It would be nice to equal that accomplishment and then look to finish the second half on a stronger note than the second half of last season, uh, which definitely looks to be doable. We don't want to get ahead and, and just start counting ticks before they had, so to speak. But uh, they're able to knock off Auburn and sit 5-1. and one. It would be a really, really nice accomplishment uh, and, and set up well for a really good season. They're already having an enjoyable season. And this was just, I mean, this was just taking on up another notch, another level, if you want to call it that. Uh, and also it would be a tougher accomplishment to go 5-1 and one the first half when you compare it to uh, last season. You know, Florida was a tough loss at the Swamp last year, 36-30. to 30. But they would have already beaten Missouri this year, right Missouri team this year, and a highly talented Auburn team. Haven't fired on all cylinders, but they're still a very good team. When you look at if they go 5-1 and one this year compared to the 5-1 and one last year, um, it would be even more impressive. I guess that's the words I'm looking for. Uh, because last year, Tennessee, Martin, Ohio, Bandy, South Carolina, Louisiana, Monroe were the five wins, and then the overtime loss at Florida. Um, at the time, again, South Carolina was an impressive win last season. Uh, at home with the tip pass 
for a touchdown, interception return for a touchdown, still the deal, 45-38. But Missouri, at the time you played them, uh, would be more impressive than South Carolina last year. Missouri was in the top 25. Um, then you add Auburn to the mix. So uh, you'd have uh, more impressive victories knocked in your belt, so to speak, this time around if you go 5-1, and one, as opposed to going 5-1 and one, um, a year ago. So uh, optimism is everywhere, as it should be. And uh, tomorrow night can't get here fast enough. It's going to be crazy. You've got the Montgomery Gentry performance. Traffic will be just something else. You get out there and go early. Uh, early you get out there, the better. You don't have to be rushing and ripping and running, trying to find a parking place. Get yourself set up and enjoy the afternoon slash evening slash night uh, at the New Commonwealth Stadium tomorrow. Uh, my dad and sister will be there, so I'll be checking that out. Might see them make a little cameo. But my dad always finds the camera a lot of times when he goes somewhere, different ball games. Used to go to SEC tournaments back in the day down in Atlanta and Nashville and uh, WYMT News would always find him and interview him some kind of way. Uh, stuff like that always happens to him. So uh, I know they're going to have a good time, uh, and I'll be definitely hopping down and attending some games with them later on in the year as well. Uh, but everybody that's heading to the game tomorrow will definitely have a ball. Uh, you can't wait to see UK on Thursday night with the stage all to themselves as they host the Albert Tigers. Looking forward to once again talking to Tom Green. Uh, in just a couple of minutes, got a lot of stuff as far as offering is concerned. Because uh, the vibe out of there is they're trying to get back to the up tempo style. Uh, you know how they like to run a lot of plays and go quick and go fast, uh, whether it be running or passing. They want to want to get that offense rolling. They haven't been able to do so for various reasons. We'll get into that with Tom. They've had inconsistency the quarterback we get into that with him get the health status in your situation talk to Tom about that once again he writes for the Opelika Auburn News on Twitter he also uh, runs the A blog it's the A blog on Twitter and uh, you can get a lot of Auburn information um, from now between now and tomorrow if you haven't done so already checking them out there on the Twitter feed um Steve Spurrier resigned from South Carolina. We'll definitely get into that. Get into a little bit of that with Tom. I'll have a little something to say, uh, maybe even on later in the show, about that situation as well. Um, The SEC East is wide open. Everybody feels that they have a shot. Uh, Tennessee and Georgia. Now Georgia's lost two in a row. Tennessee is feeling like, well, you know, they got Alabama coming up, but they feel that they might have a shot for everybody in the East. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, any Anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's wide open, a lot of small teams, and everybody feels like, hey, well, you know, we just handle our business. Uh, we, can, we can jump in there and maybe get our way to Atlanta. Uh, as mentioned, our guest is on the line tonight covering the Auburn Tigers for the Opelika Auburn News. We are talking to Mr. Tom Green. Tom, you're on Cats Talk with Vinny and Terry. How you doing tonight, sir? Appreciate you joining us. Uh, doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? Yeah, man. I'm doing good and uh, just good Good to have you on and get a little bit of Auburn insight. You know, we kind of watch them from afar and uh, seeing games here and there, but um it's, it's kind of a big game for them heading into Lexington, would you think, with the way kind of things have been a little shaky for them starting off? Um, oh, yeah. With high uh, definitely, yeah, definitely an important game for them. Almost a make-or-break game, really, uh, just given mm-hmm. the way the rest of the schedule looks the rest of the way. If they start 0-3 in the SEC, it's going to be really hard to turn that around. you got a tough game at Arkansas after that, and then you still have Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss left on the schedule. So it gets really difficult after that. So uh, they they understand the importance of this game. Uh, Justin Malzahn said earlier in the week it's a game they need to win. And, you know, he stressed that to the players, and they understand that right now. Yeah, and there's been a little um, shakiness as far as Duke Williams, the receiver, was, was dismissed. Now, how do you think that will – affect the team. You know, it can go one of two ways. It can kind of galvanize everybody and maybe they're like glad that drama's behind them or it can splinter and fester and, and still be issues. Which way do you think is tipping? Right well, now? Here's, here's the thing. Like Duke Williams was the most talented player they had on offense. Um, obviously didn't have the numbers this year. Um, you never want to lose a player of that caliber. But over the past 10 months, he's just been a constant distraction with everything on and off the field. Um, you know, the third strike, I think it was, it was, they realized it was time to move on from that. Um, talking to the players this week, they, they seem to have moved past it. They didn't know that someone's going to have to step up and fill that void left by him. Um, the question is whether or not they'll be able to. But I think uh, in the long run, there's going to be addition by subtraction for this team. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that kind of, it's a speed bump now. They don't have to worry about hurdling or even looking at it anymore. If, if everybody's on board with putting it in the rearview mirror, so uh, like you mm-hmm. say, if somebody can step up, then everybody can collectively put it all behind them. And that's what you know, Miles on and and all of the big blue. I'm sorry, the War Eagle fans are hoping for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The. Uh, the quarterback situation uh, with, with Jeremy Johnson, Sean White, 
and a lot was made, or maybe a lot of a lot of hype given to Jeremy Johnson with him just being able to step in and keep that offense rolling. What's caused it to misfire? Was it what is it that I mean? We saw the interceptions, but is it something that they can put their finger on that's maybe led him not being as productive as they thought? Uh, I I think it it was mostly a mental thing with Jeremy. Um, you know, there's a few mechanics issues there just mm-hmm. talking to certain people. Um, but mostly it's just he was locking in the receivers, um, you know, throwing in a double and triple coverage sometimes. You look at all six of his interceptions this season, that's what happened. I think as those mistakes built, his confidence kept on taking hit after hit after hit. Uh, after the LSU game, he just sounded like a defeated guy, um, which is in part why the reason they made the change to Sean White. But then they opened it back up after or going into the bye week, uh, just to see, you know, who they can get to compete there. And it really sounds like they want Jeremy to have a chance to redeem himself. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking with Tom Green, uh, covers Auburn for the Opelika Auburn News. Uh, check him out on Twitter, uh, at AUBlog. And it's not Tom Green on Twitter. He spice it up. It's at Tomas underscore Verde. So how you like that? Yep. And you can also uh, OA Now Sports uh, for the Opelika Auburn News site as well. So you can check out all those Twitter handles. Everybody listening to get get your fix for all things Auburn sports, Auburn football. Um, we've heard and seen and even read pieces from yourself about this week with Auburn trying to uh, recommit to the up-tempo style that they play, to, to running more plays on offense. Um Besides the quarterback ups and downs, has there been anything else that's kind of made them not be able to do that this year, or is it just mainly the situation of the quarterback that's kind of slowed it down? Well, a lot of it's the situation of the quarterback. You know, early in the year, the offense just wasn't able to sustain drives. You know, they couldn't stay on the field, so they couldn't put together those drives and get into a rhythm. Uh, when Sean White came in, you saw a little bit more of that, even though he wasn't asked to do too much at quarterback, more than just manage the offense. The offense was able to, you know, pick up multiple first downs, you know, get longer drives, get in a little bit of a tempo, even though they slowed it down a little bit. But obviously a staple of Gus Malzahn's offenses are, you know, being able to move fast and score quick. And they just haven't been able to put together explosive plays. Uh, I believe they're last in the nation right now out of all 128 FBS teams in plays of 20 yards or longer. And they had 69 of those last year, I believe. Uh, so that's really what's been missing. You know, they just haven't been able to get those big plays to get those quick drives and you know get everybody in a rhythm. And in defense, on the defensive side of the ball, um, it's and like you say with offense, you wouldn't have, you would never think they would be that low in explosive plays. Not when you think Auburn, you automatically think offense. And, and defensively, as far as giving up a lot of yards on the ground, I'm sure that maybe is unexpected as well, and it's probably a little surprising and frustrating to Coach Bochamp. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they're 108th in the nation right now in rushing defense. Uh, obviously struggled against Leonard Fournette, but who hasn't at this point? Um, yeah. Had issues. Had, had They've had issues with pretty much every – running back they face. San Jose State's running back had a big day against them. Uh, they've had trouble containing mobile quarterbacks, too, as you saw against uh, 
Louisville, uh, Jacksonville State, and Mississippi State. They had trouble with all of them. Um, it's just they're just not winning the one-on-one matchups that they need to up front in order to you know close those gaps and get the penetration needed to slow down the running game. And a lot of the times, these running backs and, co- and mobile quarterbacks are getting to the second level, and you know that's something that they're you know trying to work on fixing. Uh, they're trying to rotate a few more guys in there to keep people fresh and you know try to just tweak things because what they've been doing hasn't been working. And as Will Muschamp said earlier this week, you keep you keep doing the same thing and you get the same results. Exactly. And from the Kentucky perspective, you know, watching watching Auburn and Louisville because I mean, you know, everybody was rooting for Auburn because. You know, a little bit of a big rival, just like everybody in Auburn roots against Alabama, right. the same thing. Basically, was it from the, the second half of the Louisville game? They jumped on Louisville and then kind of had to hold on. And then kind of just been in a little bit of a funk where it, you just haven't been able to click on all cylinders at the same time ever since then, right? Yeah. I think a lot of that, especially on the defensive side of the ball, was they lost Carl Lawson late in the first half of that season opener. And he was supposed to be kind of the glue guy in this defense. You know, he was going to play that coveted buck linebacker spot in Will Muschamp's offense or defense. Uh, he was going to be the guy that helps them get that improved pass rush that they struggled with so much last year uh, while he was out with, uh, dealing with an ACL injury. You know, he was going to be the guy that just made everything click. But without him, they haven't been able to get a consistent pass rush. Uh, they've moved Castano and McKenzie over to Buxton just to be able to, you know, get some penetration back there. Um, I don't think that he is the total difference maker there. Uh, I still think they'd be struggling a lot on defense just because there's a lot of other errors that they've had uh, here and there. But they'd be a substantially better unit with Carl Austin in there, and he's just been sidelined pretty much the whole season so far with a hip flexor. In addition to Lawson, what is the <clears> – <throat> health condition of, of the rest of the team, you know. I mean, everybody's banged up, but what's the status health-wise for, for the bulk of the squad? Well, uh, the Auburn's defense will be getting a couple uh, key players back this week. Uh, Trey Williams has been nursing a left leg injury for the last couple of weeks. He didn't play against San Jose State. Uh, he's good to go this week. Um, Tim Urban, freshman defensive back, has been playing a lot of nickel for them. He also sat out last week with a uh, or last game against San Jose State with a bone uh, bruised bone in one of his feet. Um, he's been cleared and he'll be back. And they might also get back uh, junior cornerback T.J. Davis, who tore his ACL in, uh, during spring practice and has been working his way back. Uh, he dressed out the last two games but didn't see the field just because they're still working on getting his confidence back up in his knee. Um, so they can get him back. That gives them a little more depth back there on the back end. Um, other than that, pretty healthy uh, backup center, Xavier Dampier, is going to be on an extended period of time with reportedly a broken jaw. Um, other than that, they're they're pretty healthy. Okay. Are you going to Lexington? Are you going to make your way up tomorrow or yeah. tonight? Or? Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be driving up tomorrow morning first thing. Cool, cool. And it's, the cool thing is, you know, these are teams that don't play each other often, that, you know, until they rotate around. So it's been 2010 mm-hmm. uh, since they last played, and that was the 37-34 game where Cam Newton uh, gets the win. That was in Lexington as well. Uh, yep. You got a newly renovated stadium, so you get to check that out. Uh, it looks a little bit different than when you 
I'm excited for that. Last time I was up there was actually uh, 2011. I was still in school at Florida, uh, covering Florida for the school paper. Uh, so, yeah, that was the last time I was up there. I remember nice place. I, I really like Kentucky. I've been up to the Bluegrass State, you know, a handful of times. My sister-in-law is actually from just outside of Louisville, so, uh, but she's a, she's a Kentucky fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Good for her. We already like it. Sister-in-law, she's good with us. We sure did. Oh, um, yeah. I've only been to Auburn once, and that was the last time they played in Auburn, you know, 2009, first trip to Jordan-Hare. Uh, mm-hmm. And honestly, I mean, <laughs> Uh, of course, that was the year before I was title year, but I was going thinking to myself in the back of my mind, well, it's going to be it's going to be cool seeing them roll through this corner. And Kentucky ended up winning the game 21-14. to 14. Randall Goff had a great game, uh, and they pulled mm-hmm. off the upset. So I have to make another trip down at some other point in time to, uh, you know, see the rolling and all that take place and uh, what they would have happened that night. Uh, but it was fun. Uh, being there, and I see on your Twitter profile that you are from Miami originally. Yep. What yep, that like, was it a, a huge culture shock from Miami to Auburn, or had you lived in other small places before, or, or was it just straight uh, from? It wasn't too bad just because I went to school uh, at the University of Florida, so Gainesville, you know, it's, it's bigger than Auburn, but it's, you know, still a college town at, at, at heart. Uh, so it wasn't too bad of a culture shock, but you know it was, it was definitely a little bit different coming from a big city to you know a little village on the plains. Yeah, yeah, I knew I, knew I had to ask you that, it's like just you know being from South Florida and all. So you're a big Heat fan? Oh uh, yes, sir. Yeah, that's, that's my team. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, you weren't one of the bandwagon ones, right? Were you, I mean, I guess you were you were on board way before LeBron came down. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd I'd grow up with that team. You know, those uh, late '90s teams coached by Pat Riley is what really you know got me into basketball. You know, Tim Hardaway, Jamal Mashburn, Alonzo Mourning, Dan Marley, PJ Brown, uh, <clears throat> Jamal Mashburn, obviously Kentucky guy. <laughs> yeah, and Pat Riley as well. So it's two two yep. UK guys in yep. the mix for those teams. Um, and with you being from Auburn, and my one trip to Auburn. Because on the show, we branch out and talk, in addition to talk sports, we'll, we'll hit music, we'll hit food and stuff like that. I went to Auburn, uh, and, of course, you know how to go to Tumor's Drugs and get the lemonades. I went mm-hmm. to uh, Mama Goldberg's Deli and got a Mama Love Sandwich. Is, is that one of the better places in Auburn to get your little snack on, too? Yeah, it's definitely uh, an Auburn staple. Uh Pretty much, you know, if you come through Auburn just once, you know, it's one of the places that you got to go to. And what are some other ones? And what if you ever crave South Florida food in Auburn? Are you just out of luck, or is there some places where you can kind of try to duplicate it? I'm I'm pretty much out of luck. I got to cook that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, man. I understand. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's gonna be a huge game and. Got the nation's eyes watching uh, both squads. You know, Kentucky hasn't been on the Thursday night pedestal in years and years and years. So, Lexington will be geek. Uh It'll be traffic. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like crazy, so definitely get in early tomorrow be your best bet because you got a fresh hour and then uh, people just taking off tomorrow to go to the game and that will add that to the rush hour traffic. So it's going to be a zoo come Thursday evening. Montgomery Gentry is doing a concert. Most of the country music fan and I, they're doing a concert before the game. Uh, so add that in. So it's going to be just swarms of people everywhere tomorrow yeah. evening. So. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. You know, weird things happen on Thursday nights in college football. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you stopping by and dropping some knowledge. Let me get your take, too, because Monday it was just a little bit of news that happened. Just a tad of, you know, just a, just, just a little bit. Here and there. Yeah. That major. Uh, first, <clears throat> your thoughts on what originally would have been the story, well, one of the stories of the day, Will Greer at Florida. Your thoughts on his suspension, year-long suspension PED? I mean, obviously, you know, NCAA rules, you know, you take PEDs, you're out You're out for a year, but that's that's a huge hit for Florida. Um, you know, uh, Coach McElwain's done a great job this year, you know, probably exceeded a lot of people's expectations so far, gotten them bowl eligible, you know, through six games. But, um, you know, Will, Will Greer's emergence at quarterback was really a big reason for their success. Um, I think they're very fortunate that, you know, Treon Harris has starting experience and has played this year too. Uh, so it shouldn't be too much of a drop-off, but they're just, you know, two, you know, they're two different quarterbacks. Um, you know, Greer's a little more uh, accurate and, you know, got a little more zip in there. But, you know, Treon Harris is a gamer. Uh, he, he's done it before. And, you know, Jim McElwain has been, you know, coaching him like crazy, and he's a you know he's a quarterback whisperer. So we'll 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 see what magic he can work. But you know, they certainly have their hands full going down to Death Valley without their starting quarterback. Yeah, and when I first when I first heard this news, you know, I wasn't you know by the phone or I was on, I think I heard on the radio. I wasn't by the phone or laptop to hit Twitter and check the schedule. I was thinking, well, yeah, this breaks when they're playing like Elon or something, and no, they're playing LSU. So I mean. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't like they tried to cushion it with a, a cupcake. You know, it's their toughest test to date, probably. And yeah, I, I will give Florida me, credit. Hmm? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I will say to Florida's credit, uh, you know, their defense is still gonna show up. They still got one of the best defenses in the country. So you know, they're they're, they're going to be the toughest test that Leonard Fournette has faced. And, you know, Brandon Harris is going to have trouble completing any passes against that secondary, which, you know, probably the best in the nation. Um, so th- th- that defense will keep Florida in the game. It's just a matter of what they'll be able to do on offense. Mirror images from that standpoint, and mm-hmm. unless Fournette goes nuts, you know. Yeah. 
Florida's offense. But Harris is a gamer, but and he, he hasn't played in a while and hasn't played somebody of LSU caliber in a while. But now he's got to keep this up together. I mean, he's gotten in some trouble as well. He's had some suspension issues, some discipline issues his own self. And now you got to step up for these next six games yep. and, and keep your stuff together, you know. Mm-hmm. And to me, Will Greer, I don't, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but just my opinion, you know, you had, I'm going to date myself because I'm going to bring out the movie Friday. So we're talking 1995, 20 years ago. Um, yeah. You remember the scene? Remember the scene where um, Mr. Jones, Craig Dad, John Witherspoon, said to Craig that you think you're a man with that gun in your hand. Craig says, "I'm a man without it." You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And he, you know, he says he's a man without the gun. And, and what I'm getting at is, you know, when you think of performance enhancing drugs, you think, you know, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. They were Hall of Famers without it, but they yeah. still took it. Alex Rodriguez, I'm a Hall of Famer without it. Will Greer, I don't know if he's the Will Greer we've seen without it. You know, they each got a win at Kentucky, 14-9. to They they pulled one out against Tennessee, 28-27 the following week. And, you know what I mean? He's played very well, but I don't know if he's who he is without it. Yeah, I, I, I think it, you know, it all depends when, you know, the full details come out, you know, if they ever come out, you know, what the substance was, how he, you know, why he took it and all that stuff, yeah. you know. So I, I think those questions will be answered down the road. But, but I mean, he, he has played well. He's done just enough. He's scrambled just enough, just elusive enough, and, and made you pass the way season two. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. the play against Tennessee, the third and fourth, fourth and against Tennessee for the 60-yard game winner, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's played well. And, and, and against Tennessee, I don't even think Harris was available. They they went to that game without a backup. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if, if he had gone down, who knows what McElwain would have had to do. He had to, have to do some serious quarterback whispering had something gone wrong yeah. in that game. Yeah, definitely. And let me get your thoughts too, Tom, on – on the old ball coach, hanging it up, an icon, a legend. He had a few little bumps and bruises here in these last couple of years at South Carolina, but uh, he decides to step on out halfway through this season and then let Sean Elliott have a go, as he liked to say in his press conference yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was shocked when it happened. You know, Steve Spurrier is one of those guys that you knew that one day he would have to, you know, call it quits. You just – didn't want to accept that it was actually going to happen one day um, and stuff. You know, I grew up, both my parents went to Florida. Uh, my oldest brother went to Florida. So watching those, you know, 90s Spurrier teams, that was college football to me. Uh, you know, he's an all-time great coach, all-time great personality. And, you know, you just hope that, you know, another like him eventually comes along to fill that void. But, I mean, college football is losing a, you know, great, great coach and great quote. You know, he, he yeah, went out on his terms, and that was pretty much the most spurrier thing he could do. <laughs> Even at the end of the press conference, you know, he said, you know, all right, I've had enough. I'm done here. And probably <laughs> went and played 18 holes. And I was kind of shocked, too, um, because I just thought – I thought this would come after the Clemson game, you know, in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially yeah. when you heard all the reports at SEC Media Days 
about how he kind of gave it a long, hard look at the end of last year. Um, I thought, you know, even though they're two and four, if, if they slipped from where he built them, you know, winning 10 and 11 games with Clowney and Jeffrey and Lattimore and those guys, they slipped down a little bit. Even that, you know, took blame and accepted accountability for that, said he was a liability in recruiting. I still mm-hmm. thought he would take his lumps. I mean, you know, you probably going to lose to Tennessee, Florida, Clemson. Uh, Vanderbilt plays tough defense, so I don't know. So five and six, yeah, I don't four think and he, eight, I, I, somewhere I, I, along in there. Yeah, I don't think he could bear losing to Vanderbilt. So, <laughs> and that was this weekend. So maybe right, that's why he right. called the quiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, five and seven, four and eight, and then. I would expect this news to happen. So it just happened six games earlier than I thought. But uh, you had to love him, even when he was busting on your school. And, I mean, he had, you know, little jokes. He, Tennessee was, of course, his biggest target, but he had little uh, shots he was taking at Kentucky. And, I mean, all you could do was laugh because, I mean, it was true. And he said, yeah, they, they got a good punter up there. And that was about all Kentucky had at the time. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Even if he, he, he makes you mad, but you're sitting there laughing because that, that, the way he's saying it and what he's saying, you know, you can't spell citrus without even a T. Uh, like playing Georgia early in the year because they got guys suspended. Uh, glad Peyton yep. Manning's coming back so he can get his third citrus bowl <laughs> MVP. I mean, <laughs> he's killing you, but yet you just got to shake your head and laugh about it. And nobody could do it like this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, we're all time greats, and he'll definitely be missed. Absolutely. Let me get your thoughts before I let you go on on the other USC out on the West Coast. There was bad news coming out of there with Steve Sarkeesian and Pat Hayden and the whole situation where this hasn't just started happening with Sark. It's been a problem for a while. We want to see the guy get the proper help because this is, you know, want to see stuff drag on like this. You want to see people get themselves right. Yeah, um, you know, that's, and that's the most important thing. You know, at that point, football's got to take a back seat. Uh, you know, I'm happy that, you know, he's reportedly checked himself into a rehab facility and, you know, he's getting the help he needs. Uh, you know, hopefully he can get healthy and, you know, get back on his feet and, you know, straighten everything out. But, <clears throat> you know, the way USC handled it is kind of kind of doesn't sit well with me. You know, the reports yesterday that, you know, uh, Sark found out that he lost his job via an email and text from other people. Um, you know, just, you know, a lot of murky details there, you know, you know a, lot, a lot on Pat, a lot on Pat Hayden too, you know, uh, supposedly didn't do his due diligence with Sark when he hired him in the first place. You know, the way he went about firing him, you know, I know a lot of people are saying that he should lose his job too for everything. Um, it's just a sticky situation, and, you know, you, you feel for the players having to go through this. Um, but, you know, hopefully everything works out for everybody involved. Yeah, that's that sums it up in a nutshell. Um, because you can't undo what's been done, uh, and you just hope Sark can get his health right and then go from there. Uh mm-hmm. Hayden can't undo his mistakes with doing his job improperly with all the details that are coming out about that. So like you said, you hope the best is all involved. That's that's 
that's all you can say, man. You get the nail on the head with that. Yep. Man, Tom, appreciate you hopping on the show, taking time out of your evening as you prepare to head up to the Bluegrass State. Uh, have yeah, a good time tomorrow everyone. night. And appreciate the knowledge. And uh, thanks for joining us, sir. Uh, thanks again for having me. Hey, appreciate it, Tom. That's Tom Green of the Opelika Auburn News. Auburn News head to Lexington tomorrow to be covering the game for the Auburn Tigers for the Opelika Auburn News. AU blog on Twitter, Tom underscore Verde on Twitter. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Cat Talk with Vinny and Terry on the Brandon Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. Stay right with us. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes. Hang on, y'all. Well, uh, so check out what articles we write with 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus the mind you put pen to paper put fingers to keyboard and uh, you can check out what we got there. We got a game five going on in the MLB playoffs. Bottom of the seventh, the Texas Rangers lead the Toronto Blue Jays three to two. Bases are loaded with one out as Texas you know, came in and took it to Toronto to start the series. Toronto got it together, uh, even things up in convincing fashion down in Arlington to force game five here in Toronto. Uh, and this one is going down to the wire. We've had a force out at home plate. That's Toronto. Uh, still has the bases loaded, only one out. They're trying to tie the game at worst, uh, trying to get a big inning at best uh, and jump and get the lead so they can try their best to move on to the ALCS. Uh, been quite a drought up there in Toronto. Talked about it last week for Terry with on Terry and I. They hadn't been in playoffs since 93 when they walked off the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series to uh, cap their second, second World Series championship, the first coming at the expense of my Atlanta Braves. And then he uh, won that in 92. The Phillies in 93. Joe Carter will forever be remembered for that walk-off shot to win it for Toronto over Kurt Schilling and Darren Dalton and Link Dykstra and Mitch Mordini and all of those Phillies who were representing the National League that year. A 3-2 to two Texas right now. Uh-oh and they will try to punch their ticket to the ALCS. Both of these teams are. Uh, last night, Chicago Cubs punched their ticket to the National League Championship Series uh, with a 6-4 to win over the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals lost in four games. The Cubs won in four games. Three games to one, however you want to say it. Um, as Cole Hamels now exits for Texas. The Rangers go to the bullpen, so it'll be up to the relievers to try to get Hamels out of this jam and preserve the lead for Texas. But Cubs and Cardinals, uh, a huge rivalry. They can't stand each other. 
I work down here outside of Knoxville with a lot of Cardinals fans and Cubs fans, people who have moved down from Illinois and Missouri. Uh, and for years, of course, it wasn't really a rivalry. You know, the Cardinals did all of the winning. The Cubs hadn't had a lot of success, hadn't had anything going. The local losers, as we all know. But, I mean, this year was very different. They won 97 games, which, you know, the the Cardinals won 100 games, 162, and Chicago was right behind them, 97 and 65. They went to Pittsburgh, won there, which forced a matchup with St. Louis. Uh, dropped the first game and then won three straight to close things out. And last night was one of those moments where, you know, the Cubs, the Cubs are a bunch of young guys who might really be a year away from performing like everybody thinks they will. But in an elimination game, St. Louis, in the first inning, uh, first batter of the game gets a hit. Leadoff man is on. Steve Piscotty comes up and goes yard. So instantly, it's 2 nothing St. Louis. Cardinals imposing their will. You know, tired of losing two straight. Taking a jump on Chicago. You know, let these young guys know that it's still all about St. Louis. And then we'll see things go back to St. Louis for game five where the odds would have been in St. Louis' favor. Chicago just, you know, shrugged it off. Shakes it off, so to speak, like Taylor Swift talks about. And they come back with four straight runs to take a 4-2 lead. The Cardinals aren't going out like that. They tie the game at four. And once again, Chicago just say, no big deal. They go ahead and win 6-4 to four in Wrigley Field. They hadn't even clinched a series of any kind. In Wrigley Field since 1908, the last year they won the World Series. 107 years, so they couldn't even celebrate a series win on their home field. But they were able to do so last night. They punched the ticket to the NLCS, and now they await the winner of the Mets and the Dodgers, who also go to Game Five. Clayton Kershaw came up big for the Dodgers. It was a must-win game for them, and they were able to take care of business. And now they have game five. Mets and Dodgers to see who will face the Cubs. Uh, There's also another game five coming up later tonight. The Houston Astros play the Kansas City Royals on Fox Sports 1. The Astros let game four slip away in Houston. They could have put the Royals away. Kansas City won the American League pennant last year. They represented the AL in the World Series. They lost to the Giants in seven. But Kansas City last year had to grind, had to fight, claw, and struggle to get a wild card spot. Had to beat Oakland in the wild card game last year, then beat uh, the Angels and the Orioles to get to the World Series. And now Houston is trying to do the same thing to the Royals that the Royals did to everyone else. Houston gets the wild card spot, goes on the road, knocks the Yankees out of the playoffs, and now they were up 2-1 to one on Kansas City and had them ready to be knocked out. They were up 6-2 to two at home. 
Kansas City comes back uh, and wins nine to six to to stay alive. Uh, but Houston is like the Cubs; they are uh, young, talented, maybe ahead of schedule. So looks like they're building to be around and be contending and be a factor for several years to come. So um, you got the game tie going on right now, Texas and Toronto. Toronto just tied the game up at three with a bloop, a seeing eye bloop over the second baseman's head. And dude got jammed, drops a little pop up right over the second baseman's head, scores a run. Now we're tied at three, and they're going crazy up there at the Rogers Center, the Sky Dome. Uh-oh. So this game five ends. You got another game five. Uh, MLB is exciting as it will ever be right now. You know, it's nowhere near popular football. Baseball has dropped and uh, doesn't hold attention like it used to. But these playoffs have been really exciting. It's been fun to watch. Uh, been a lot of good baseball uh, as far as the Cubs are going on. In, in the game four, the game three that they beat, St. Louis, they hit six home runs, a postseason record. So, uh, you know, stuff like that is cool, seeing records set. As long as the game's been played, to still see records uh, happen, records be broken, that is cool. Uh, so it looks to be a good-looking game five right here now, Texas and Toronto, and Houston and Kansas City no doubt be fun to watch as well, as will Dodgers and Mets. So, you know, baseball is uh, is doing its thing right now. That you take advantage of, of these fun games and, and try to hold on to the excitement through the week. And to, you know what happens when the weekend gets here. We all watch football, watch college, so it's harder for baseball and NASCAR too for the NASCAR fans out there to compete. You know, those races on Sunday that everybody watched during the summer. As soon as we get September, you know they don't. They don't watch as much. Toronto has now taken the lead. Jose Bautista just hit a bomb. Uh, and now Toronto is up 6-3 to three on Texas. And the reliever who came in, Dyson for Hamels, he just served it up. A blooper and then a no-doubter. Hamels in the dugout looking real dejected. And, uh, wow. So, hey, more exciting baseball as we speak. The open practice for UK was this past weekend. Uh, I wasn't able to catch the action. Uh, a lot of eyes on it. Heard a lot of talk about Hewis. Uh, and as you will continue to hear, uh, just being the complete point guard, uh, all the young guys coming along as well. Charles Matthews, Scal, uh, all these guys, Cal coming out talking about how he likes his team, uh, got that confident talk starting to brew, starting to come along. Um, so it was fun to have the scouts there. Every, 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 every NBA team was there. Uh, now you got other teams trying to come up with combines and open practices of their own. Um, so that was, that was, uh, Cool to see as well. Uh, all the players, the immediate days today, uh, you know, Tyler is the best player. Coach Cal, you know, got love for 
uh, Tyler Eulis, you know, uh, making sure all these players, as he always does, can be the best individual versions of themselves. And he's done that year after year after year, which makes kids want to come and play for him. It's not for everybody, but, you know, good character kids and good talented kids want to come and be made into the best versions of themselves that they can be. So, um, fun times. You know, the team is going to take shape. There's going to be some bumps and bruises along the way. Uh, a few weeks ago, of course, Cal was talking about if we had to play now. It's a good thing we don't. We don't be sick. But, you know, they don't play now. they got a lot of practice left so you can get things right and tight. And they'll be ready just as good as all the other contending teams out there in the country that they'll be facing. So we have to start balancing our fandom with what football is doing for the second consecutive first half of the season. We hope to see them sustain these things. We'll have to balance our fandom. We'll talk about that on the other side. Balancing our fandom, talk a little more UK football, uh, all of that and more. Uh, as we take a little break right now, if you're listening to Cats Talk with Vinny and Terry on the Blog Talk Radio Network, the Brown and Hardy Radio Network, and blogtalkradio.com. Stay right with us. Back in just a few minutes.
half step late, missed on the pick, then you're out of position to make a tackle, and it led to a huge yak, huge yards after for Florida State, and that's what got them down the field quickly and enabled them to uh, have shots at the end zone and ultimately get that winning touchdown. If he goes for the tackle, I, I wonder, we'll never know, I wonder if Florida State's able to, to work down the field and, and get the touchdown they need to. Uh, do they run out of time? Does Auburn make a stop? Do they force a fourth down and, and get a turnover on downs and seal the deal? We'll never know. But it made it a lot easier, you know, you know the new thought he could get the pick, no doubt, or else he wouldn't have taken the gamble. But he came up empty, and it led to a big play, a devastating play for the Auburn defense, a big play for Florida State. Uh, and they were able to, to win that championship. That snapped the uh, string of titles that the SEC won as Florida State won that year, and Ohio State's won it now. So he's trying to get that rolling again as well. Kentucky is playing a team in Auburn who has been at the high, highest level, you know, here in the past half decade. Been in the championship game twice. So, you know, they don't have the long tradition like Alabama does, but Auburn has been good and been a known power, recognizable name for a long time. Bo Jackson back in the day, Cadillac Williams uh, a few years ago, good running back. Shaquille Spikes, whose neck is as big as any humans uh, ever. You know, he played in the NFL for years, played linebacker for Auburn. So they're still going to bring a talented team into Lexington. They're trying to get it rolling. They need to win uh, themselves, just like Tom brought out. It's kind of a desperation game for Auburn in the SEC West. They are dead last. You know, looking up at LSU, who's 3-0, and they've already lost to LSU. They still got to play Alabama. Still got to play Arkansas. Still got to play Texas A&M. So, they really need to get this one against Kentucky. From their standpoint, they need to beat Kentucky to try to catapult themselves into regaining the type of season they want to have. If they get to 0-3 in the league, ooh, that will be something. Uh, something they don't want to have to fool with, uh, don't want to have to deal with at all. So we have benches clearing up in Toronto. Short uh, to the had to be held back. Short stop for the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't know if it was them getting a little bit upset at Jose Bautista, after he hit his home run, he stood and watched it through his bat. Let's see. If somebody said something, oh, he got a pitcher and a hitter talking. And uh, words are exchanged. But and that, that leads me to what I was going to talk about anyway. Um, wow, the pitcher for Texas just walked up to the plate and then starts talking to two whiskey. Wow. That's what set this whole thing off. I hadn't watched the entire game, so I don't know if the stuff had been going on between both teams before this or not. But there's some chirping going on. It's the end of the seventh inning. Let's see what that leads to. The the, the code in baseball, you know, the said, unsaid type of behavior that you have to have 
you can't show up your opponent, you can't show emotion. A lot of us what it's talking about, especially if you're you're an offensive guy. Bautista crushed that home run, stood and, and watched it, and just defiantly threw his bat down as he was standing and watching it. Then he proceeds around the bases. And, you know, pitchers want to get so mad about that, and they want to, you know, go and hit and plunk somebody else. <clears throat> but don't serve up a home run, first of all, and that won't happen. And yet, can work his way out of a jam. So they base is loaded, and he forces a double play to get out of an inning or gets a, a final strikeout that he needs to get out of an inning. You know, he can yell as he walks off the mound. He might put his glove over his mouth, but he's still yelling because he's showing emotion. He's happy about the play this made. We are in game five of the American League Division Series where Toronto is favored to win. They've been in a dogfight with Texas. They had to win game four to force this game five today, and they've been trailing all day today at home. They're trailing all day. They just played it a run to tie the game at three. Jose Bautista goes yard and breaks the tie. Now they're up three. So you think he's a little bit emotional after doing that, putting his team ahead late in the game. Still a couple of innings left. Anything happens. And giving your team a three-run lead going into the eighth inning, but he can't show a little bit of emotion for hitting an absolute bomb of a home run. He can't do anything, but a pitcher can. That's that's the system of double standard has always been there in baseball. Uh, you know, unwritten rules, so to speak. But, you know, don't serve up that home run. He doesn't have anything to celebrate about. Now, everybody's supposed to act like they've been there and have some class and all that. But there is a time when you're happy you can show emotion as well. Just like the whole, do you run up the score, do you not? Like, you know, Spurs used to, speaking of, Spurs used to run it up on everybody. You know, well, maybe they, they could stop us, then we wouldn't keep scoring. But these backups want to get in and play too. The backup quarterback needs to learn how to pass and, and run the offense. So you got that. You know, well, you know, stop somebody and they won't run up the score. So it's a fine line, but, you know, don't, don't get so uptight when the hitters show emotion over home runs, uh, especially meaningful clutch home runs like that. It's just game to take the lead. We're in the eighth inning now, 6-3 Toronto. I'm just doing a little play my play because I'm watching the game, and it's a very good game in this playoff baseball, uh, and it's entertaining and it's captivating. But uh, kind of a little little rant about that, if you will. Um, getting back to the HBC, Steve Spurrier, who was the old ball coach when he wasn't old. Now that he's older, he's the head ball coach. So, you know, switch that old to an H, which is an old head ball coach as he aged. As we were talking with Tom Green, you know, um, I, I still thought he would finish out the season. In his press conference, he said, when something's inevitable, you go ahead and do it. You know, he saw that it was inevitable that South Carolina would have a good season, be competitive as he wanted them to be. So let me get on out the way. And 
he makes the point with that. Um, like I said, I thought this would happen six games from now, that he would finish out the season, even if it was a bad one. Even if he was four and eight, even if he was three and nine, five and seven, well, he's not going to a bowl, got a losing record, but I thought he would finish it out. And this does give South Carolina a jump, uh, extra time to start the process of looking for a coach, uh, whether they roll with the interim coach, Sean Elliott, or if they look to bring in someone else. The ball is rolling on this now instead of later. But I think it also had a lot to do with, and like I said, it's going to sound like I'm hating on Steve Spray. It's not the case. The man is the winningest coach at both Florida and South Carolina. So it's going to sound like I'm hating on him. I'm just saying it wouldn't have killed him to finish out the last six games. It's just a little bit of a bad lose, which everybody that's competitive hates to lose. Be real for just a second. South Carolina two and four right now. Oh, in the SEC East they are zero and four. Okay, so the best he's gonna do is five hundred in the league. Uh, he's got two non-conference games. If he, he, the best he can do is four and four in the SEC. Two and four overall. If he was sitting at five and one right now, or four and two. Y'all know as good as well as I do that he would not be retiring or resigning right now. He would still be energetic, have pep in his step, and he'd be looking to to try to win the SEC East title. He wouldn't be uh, saying, "Let me get on out the way and give another guy a shot at." But at two and four, he said, "Well, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go." So it's like he's just stepping away from it all, even though, as he admitted in the press conference, it's his fault that it's kind of the way it is. You know, he didn't recruit like uh, he had previously, and you know, get up and years a little bit. You're not going to be out there hitting the recruit trail as hard as you normally do. Um, guys like. David Clowney, Marcus Lattimore, Alshon Jeffrey, you were keeping those guys. Those were South Carolina kids, all homegrown South Carolina kids. You got them to come to Columbia. They did not go to Clemson. They didn't go to Georgia. They didn't go to Florida. They didn't go to Florida State. You kept them home, and they played for the home state school. Weren't getting those same type guys the past few years, and the wins dropped off. You know, barely over 500 last year, going to be under 500 this year. And it just, you know, he didn't, just didn't want to fool with taking some more losses is the way I took it. And he, he's first. He can do what he wants. He's earned the right to roll out halfway through the season if he wants to. But I'm just surprised that he did. Because when you go back to his time where after he left Florida, he went and tried his hand at the NFL for a couple of years. He went to uh, the Washington Redskins for two seasons. That didn't go well either. Uh, two full seasons, you know, 16 games apiece, 32 games. He was 12 and 20. Uh, went 7 and 9 the first year, 5 and 11 the second year. Now, halfway through that second year, 
you know, he didn't he didn't resign. That's all I'm saying. He finished out that second year and then moved on, which is what it sounds like I'm hating on him. I'm not. Which is what I thought he would have done. I thought he would have finished out these last six games, go two and four, go three and three, go one and five, and then move on. You know, he chose to go ahead and move on right now. And, like, look, he's earned the right to do what he wants. I just think, you know, finish it out, Coach. Finish it out. But Sean Elliott now gets a turn. He's pulling for Sean Elliott. Um, so uh, we'll see We'll see how it goes from there. Um, some other kind of peripheral news that came out of this, of course, if South Carolina is on the market. Both USC's are on the market. You know, the Sarkeesian being out uh, at Southern Cal, and now Spurrier designing at South Carolina. We're referring to USC East, looking for a coach. Travis Haney, who works for ESPN, was on the Feinbaum show yesterday, and they were, of course, looking at who South Carolina might try to go after or pursue. And, you know, you've heard different names from different people, but and for example, Scott Hood, let me say what Scott Hood said before we get to Travis Haney. Scott Hood covers South Carolina for GamePopCentral.com. We had him on this show uh, a few weeks ago. It's a preview Kentucky-South Carolina game, just like we had Tom Green on tonight to preview off. We had Scott Hood on before UK and South Carolina played down in Columbia. Scott Hood was on Knoxville Radio today. News on sports page with Vince Ferrara, who's been on this show as well, and they're asking Scott the same type of questions. You know, who are some of the candidates that South Carolina will look at? Scott throws out Charlie Strong. Charlie used to be a defensive coordinator at South Carolina. He's got connections there. Maybe he might be looking to to leave Texas. Possibly uh, he's taken. A lot of heat at Texas, some of it prematurely. You know, he's only been there a year and a half. He just beat Oklahoma. Uh, had some games that they should have won, had some execution errors, games that have slipped away. But he's just a year and change in, and in some cases he wasn't super welcome anyway. And now he's getting a lot of heat and a lot of flack for losing some games in his second year. Uh, beating Oklahoma was huge. Uh, still got some tough games left, but if he's there and, and, and given time to turn around, you still kind of like his chances if, if he's able to do that. But Scott Hood of GameCompCenter.com is thinking, well, maybe he sees the deal and sees how it is down there. Maybe he wants to go ahead and move to a different environment anyway. Now, we don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but he just mentioned that Charlie Strong had ties to South Carolina. He had been there, worked there. Uh, he comes in and recruits there. You know, he can get it rolling as well. Travis Haney, who works for ESPN, he used to cover South Carolina as well, was on the Paul Feinbaum show, of course, Everybody's wanting to know and speculate and try to guess and predict who the Gamecocks are going to get to fill their open coaching vacancy. 
Travis Haney throws out two names. One is Tom Herman, who's that Houston now. The other one was Mark Stoops. And I was like, wow. And, of course, it's well documented how uh, tight Coach Spurrier is with the Stoops family. You know, Bob was the defensive coordinator in Florida. Uh, Coach Spurrier got a lot of love from Mark Stoops. Uh, you know, even in the three games they played, it's just, you know, nothing but love for each other, nothing but respect. You know, complimentary behavior between the two. Uh, the head ball coach didn't really try to take shots at UK like he had in the past since Mark Stoops has been here. Of course, you know, Coach Stoops is 2-1 against Spurrier, so that made it a little more difficult for him to try to take shots. And then year one, Coach Stoops nearly beat him uh, on the UK team with 2-10. and 10. That was a 35-28 game down in Columbia where Kentucky gave all they wanted. And then, of course, Kentucky, you know, uh, just the fact that, that Travis threw Coach Stoops' name out there uh, says that they would maybe try to look at an up-and-coming coach and you know, Coach Stoops will qualify that. I'm not saying he's going. Travis Haney isn't saying he's going. But just the fact that his name gets thrown out is something that we may have to get used to. We are so used to that with Coach Cal. You know, when it doesn't happen at the end of a basketball season, we're like, what? You know, no NBA team came calling? What? Now, with Coach Stoops doing what he's doing, these things could happen on the football side, his name getting tossed out there by media members or what have you in conjunction, in connection with other jobs um, because you know, he may have ties or they just might want an up-and-coming guy to see if they can pry him away from UK. We'll see. You know, Coach Stoops' last thing he's probably worried about is what, South Carolina thinks he's worried about trying to beat Auburn right now. But you never know how all this stuff works and back channels and stuff. Of course, we all hope he continues to stay. We are all proud of what he's doing and, and impressed with what he's doing. As Terry and I talked about a few weeks ago, you know, Coach Stoops knew he wanted to come in and recruit the way he's recruited. We as fans had to get used to seeing Kentucky stepping up in recruiting, uh, getting the kids from Ohio. He's not surprised at what he's doing. We were surprised because we hadn't seen Kentucky in these positions. Wow, look at Kentucky. Look at Kentucky up here on this recruiting list. Look at this four-star guy. Look at this four-star kid. Whoa, wow. Look, Coach Stoops and Coach Merrill, they knew what the deal was. We've been doing this for years. Coach Stoops at Florida State recruited against Florida and Miami on the regular. So it's nothing for him to go up. Now, the U.K. is recruiting against Ohio State, Michigan State, you know, from some kids out of Cincinnati, from some kids from Ohio. So he's used to knocking heads and compete. Uh, and that's why he's the same way on the field. He's not backing down when it comes to, you know, going up against these teams on the field as well. So just like we've had to get used to uh, improvements, <laughs> that sounds weird, we've had to get used to things improving on the recruiting front. If the wins keep coming, if the recruiting translates to the wins, if the recruiting is continuing to be at a high level, then we continue to see the kids coached up, 
will continue to see wins on a more consistent basis, which will cause our coach to be a hot commodity, seeing or hearing other people wanting our football coach. That's, that's just something that hasn't happened. We're not used to other schools to throw up uh, the name out of our football coach or other schools to come calling or maybe come sniff around. Uh, who knows what will develop, but he did say that on the Feinbaum Show. Feinbaum Show tweeted it out right after he finished the interview. Drive Haney, ESPN, says Mark Stoops and Tom Herman could be potential candidates for the South Carolina job. We have to wrap our heads around that as well. So it's, it's a whole big bunch of stuff that us as UK fans have to get used to that we just haven't seen before. And this is, is one of those things. Uh, so we will see how the search goes in Columbia uh, as they look for a new coach. We'll see how it all plays out. We'll see who they target. We'll see who they get. We'll see who turns them down. We'll see who accepts. We'll see how all of that goes. But for the foreseeable future that Coach Stoops is here doing what he's doing, we're going to have to just look and listen to, hey, whoa, whoa, somebody's expressing interest in our football coach, which that's a good problem to have. But it's just going to be something that takes some getting used to because for the most part we haven't seen that take place. That's all I'm saying. So I had a little soapbox moment. About Steve Spurrier, I think he could have finished the season out. Six more weeks wasn't going to kill him. Uh, but wish him all the best that he is free to do whatever he wants to do. He moved on out the way because it was inevitable uh, for this season to uh, see South Carolina performing up to the level that he would want them to and he would be used to as a coach. And we got to get used to seeing our coach uh, be desired, our football coach be desirable to other schools who are in need of a coach. So it'll take a little bit of time, but like I said, it's nothing. We don't even sweat it when every NBA team under the sun, Sacramento, Cleveland, New Orleans, gets linked to Coach Cal. We don't even sweat it. There may come a time when we don't even sweat it, but Mark Stoops either. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, the more it happens, the more we get used to it. And that just means that Kentucky's having good seasons, uh, going to bowl games and recruiting well and winning games and uh, knocking off higher-ranked teams and continuing to climb up the ladder uh, and gain that respect as a football school that, the coaches and players and fans so definitely want to happen for the University of Kentucky. So we'll just see how it all plays out because it's going to play out. So we just got to sit and watch it play out. But we'll be back with just a little bit more. Listen to Cast Talk with Vinny Terry on the Brown and Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. We'll take us another break. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Cast Talk with Ben and Terry on the Brown and Hardy Radio Network, BlockTalkRadio.com. Had a fun show. Tom Green brought the knowledge about Auburn. Uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow, as everyone is. Got to keep it uh, right for Harlan County. I know how I am. Terry rolls his eyes every time I talk about Harlan County. But as we talked about before, there's a Harlan County on the voice. All you music and singing lovers out there, Jordan Smith from Harlan. Of course, got four chairs to turn on his initial blonde audition. So he was on to the show, had to pick him a coach. Uh, he did that. And he made it to the battle round, which means he's pitted with a fellow singer that is on his team. And he went up against Regina Love. Regina Love is a 51-year-old lady from Atlanta who was actually a radio host, but her passion was always singing, so she wanted to give it a shot. Any other time, me personally, Regina would be somebody you pull for because on The Voice, a lot of times the older singers don't do as well. A lot of times older singers may sound pretty good to you and I, but they're just not able to get the chairs to turn around. Uh, when they auditioned for the judge to hear them. Uh, Regina got a chair to turn, uh, got Adam Levine to turn, and so Jordan and Regina sang head-to-head. When the dust settled, uh, Jordan won the battle. Uh, They're singing together, but it's actually a battle, one-on-one battle, uh, who's doing the best. They don't try to just flat out sing over one another and, and hog the spotlight, but it's a duet, but it's a competition one-on-one at the same time. Uh, Jordan wants, he moves on. He survives in advance. It's kind of like the NCAA tournament. Uh, Jordan is on to the next round. Fortunately for Regina, uh, some who lose the battle, the one-on-one battle, can be stolen by another judge, another coach. So uh, that was the case for Regina. She was picked uh, by another uh, another team, Pharrell, or went to find somebody else, picked her. So she's still in the competition, which is cool. And Jordan moved on. Uh, they did a news story here. Uh, the Knoxville News Channel, Channel 10, went up there to Harlan, uh, had a watch party there in Harlan at a church. Just uh, Jordan's family and friends were all there. Uh, watching how the battle played out. Of course, he couldn't really speak about it. He said they're watching it with everybody. Uh, and everybody's all excited for him. His family was there, his parents. So it was real cool. So anytime somebody from Kentucky is doing well, you know, Terry and I are going to talk about them on the show, and especially the case when they're from Harlan County, uh, my home county, and it's cool to see Jordan doing great uh, Everybody's pulling for him, tweeting about him, and, and hoping he continues to move on and do well on the show. Has a great voice. Uh, if you hadn't heard him, YouTube him, pull up his auditions, pull up songs he's done while he's been a contestant on The Voice, and you'll hear what I mean. So congratulations uh, to Jordan Smith. Jordan Smith live on Twitter, uh, and that way you can check him out as he continues through the show. Um, some more news. We want to talk about uh, we talked about Steve Sarkeesian at USC. 
uh, when Tom Smith was on, how he was uh, let go, had a lot of uh, issues with alcohol. He was on his way to treatment when he was removed from the duties of head coach. Uh, he saw texts and emails about the news of his firing as he was on his way to treatment. Uh, he's supposed to be in treatment for at least 30 days. This according to Joe Shad on Twitter uh, yesterday evening, late last night. Uh, but the main thing, you want to see him uh, get himself together. Uh, you know, Billy Gillespie had issues uh, while he was at Kentucky, after he was at Kentucky. Uh, don't know if his was to this level of being intoxicated during games and team meetings and um, things of that nature where you were, you were actually at work doing your job and still under the influence of alcohol. Uh, but Billy but Gillespie had a lot of trouble as been well documented his own self. You want to see uh, him be able to, to put it behind him. The same thing with season Matthews for the Yankees. He uh, skipped the postseason, which ended up just being one game uh, for the Yankees, the one wild card game, because he had to go to a rehab facility himself for alcohol. You want to see professional, high-profile athletes, your coaches, or just everyday people be able to overcome that, get past it, if it's uh, addictions or problems with alcohol or things like that that they've had trouble with or things that are that are trying to drag them down. You don't want to see them be overcome or consumed by that. So it's like he's the best. Uh, and Pat Hank done a lot of things better. There was talks of these things that happened while Sark, Steve Sarkeesian, was at Washington before he was even hired on at USC. And before he even took the Washington job, he worked at USC as a system anyway, so uh, should have been well familiar with Steve Sarkeesian, but you can just hope, like Tom said, everybody can hope the best for all parties involved. Uh, but uh, we, we had some of that with Billy G while he was at UK as well. Look to uh, the SEC. As far as football is concerned, the other schools, uh, Georgia has come back down to the pack. They were drilled by Alabama and then went to Tennessee and were upset by the balls. And sadly, they lost Nick Chubb, you know, the awesome all-world running back there. He ended on the first play of the game there in Knoxville. Got his knee jammed and hyperextended and bent completely the wrong way, and all his weight was put on it. Uh, and he landed awkwardly and was injured on the first play of the ball game. Uh, so they're trying to see the status of it. Uh, last I saw, Coach Rick didn't think it would require surgery, and it looked to be maybe his TCL that was uh, the most damaged. Uh, as for the game, to Georgia's credit, despite the devastating loss of Chubb right off the bat, they were able to build a 24-3 to lead uh, 
championship, they pulled a Tennessee, they weren't able to hold that lead. Or as Terry likes to say, Georgia's going to go Georgia. They lost the game 38-31. So Tennessee scored 28 straight points, took a 31-24 lead. Georgia came back and tied it at 31. Uh, and Tennessee got to go ahead and score to win 38-31. Uh, Reggie Davis, the wide receiver for Georgia, game-tying touchdown. And, you know, if, if he hauls that in, and Grayson Lambert, the quarterback for Georgia, hit him right in the hand, and, and Davis couldn't haul it in. If he catches that and walks into the end zone, we're tied at 38. And then the same old here-we-go-again thoughts have to go through Tennessee's mind. Pressure has to be squarely on their shoulders because they've been in all of these games this season, Oklahoma, Florida, Arkansas, and they fall apart in the fourth quarter. Fortunately for them, they didn't have to worry about that. Davis dropped the pass, Tennessee held on and won the game. And now, just like everybody else in the East, they feel if they control their own destiny, they got a shot at Atlanta. Um, Tennessee is now one and two in the SEC. Uh, right there with Missouri at one and two. Georgia's dropped to two and two. Uh, then you got Kentucky in second at two and one, Florida four and oh. Tennessee, of course, has Alabama, uh, not this Saturday, but the next Saturday. So it'll be the 24th. They can hope for great things against Alabama and then see what happens in the East. Or maybe a lot of them feel they, they lose Alabama, but then they're very confident that they can win out the rest of the year and then still possibly be in the mix uh, down the stretch. Uh, a lot of other teams got a lot of things to say about it. Kentucky's got something to say about that because, once again, we feel uh, as Kentucky fans that you know, Kentucky's right there in the mix. They're playing Auburn out of the West. Uh, a great opportunity, as Coach Stoops talked about. Really put yourself up in the mix. Even if they drop this game to Auburn, still 2-2, two and two, still right there uh, in second place. Uh, and they can still be a player. So uh, the, the wide open East is just it's ridiculous how wide open it is, uh, one through five. Uh, you have to see South Carolina 0-4 uh, and Vanderbilt 0-2. But Vanderbilt and South Carolina play. Uh, so somebody's going to get their first conference win uh, of the season this weekend. So uh, the East, man, is just crazy. Now, in the West, you've got Alabama and Texas A&M. Texas A&M, 5-0 overall, 2-0 in the league. Alabama, 5-1, 2-1 in the league. There's a long loss coming at the hands of Ole Miss. And Alabama doesn't want a second loss in the SEC. You know, LSU and the NM are up there at the top, but see that Ole Miss won loss. Uh, Ole Miss plays out of conference this weekend, so there's the SEC won't be changed way. But if Alabama drops and gets a second loss, then well, that is definitely not where they want to see themselves. Uh, Alabama beat them. Not out of Texas a and last year, not to nothing. No Texas A&M is trying to rectify that, trying to uh, – you know, avenge that 
trying to purge that from their memory, uh, if you will. So it's going to be a great game. Uh, and, you know, Texas a and is wanting to just continue to show that they are for real. And they're going to do that against that Alabama. So that will be fun to watch this weekend. Ole Miss, 5-1, but they are playing undefeated Memphis, who is 5-0. Talk about up-and-coming coaches, Justin Fuente at Memphis has turned that program around really quick. And talk about somebody who probably won't be where he is very long, but he's going to get a lot of people trying to try him away from Memphis. He's putting himself in position to get a lot bigger and better jobs. See how long he stays there. Toronto Blue Jays have just taken care of business at home and moved on to beat the Texas Rangers. So they will get the winner of the Kansas City Royals and the Houston Astros. Kansas City beat, I'm sorry, Toronto beat Texas 6-3. to three. Uh, And now they await the winner of the other game, five in the American League, as it will be either Kansas City, the defending AL champ, or the upstart Houston Astros, who just a few years ago were in the National League, got moved to the American League West so that every team would have, every division would have five teams in it. Uh, Houston used to be in the NL Central with the Cardinals, Cubs, and Pirates, who all made the playoffs, and Houston this year won 86 ball games. They wouldn't even make the playoffs in the NL Central. The NL Central is nuts as far as the division of baseball goes. The Houston got realigned. They got moved out to the AL West. Uh, made the wild card there, and now they have a game five coming up in about 15 minutes or so against the Kansas City Royals. It's one of those where you have either one lose. Uh, I like to see Kansas City get back to the World Series because they came so close last year against San Francisco. But Houston, you got to be happy for them because they were god awful for several years. And now, you know, built up the farm system and made moves, and uh, they have turned themselves into a contender. So you'd like to see them keep it rolling as well. Somebody's going to get knocked out in game five in the division series. So we'll see who it is about three or four hours from now. We ought to know. Um, but that's just just the way it is. You can't, you know, even if you like both of them, somebody's got to lose. Um, the news on Scal, that Coach Cal is getting a little, a little ticked off about all the questions about it. Story in the current journal getting tested. Cal was talking about how everything's good to go talking about the policy uh, and his eligibility concerns for scouting this year. Um, so Cal talked about how you know, every year players go through the review. It's uh, always the best player that goes through the review. He thinks his team will be fine. And he says, you know, you'll figure it out when we go the first day and everybody's got uniforms. <laughs> you'll know, ah, they must have been clear. Uh, Scal said the same thing. He expects to be playing. Uh, in the first game of the season. Um, so hopefully that runs its course uh, and the big fella will be eligible to play uh, when it's time to start playing games. We, of course, are all keeping our eye on the situation. 
to see when he will get that's been cleared. Looking forward to it. Uh, back to Ole Miss and SEC football. Their star left tackle, Larry Matoko, who has been suspended for improper benefits. You know, initially Ole Miss was kind of holding him out of games because they were playing it safe. They thought there might be something going on. Turns out he was suspended for seven games. This was amongst all that news that came out Monday. The big news about Monday that we talked about is Spurrier resigning to be Sarkeesian being let go. Will Greer being suspended for a year. Uh, Laramie Tunsil's suspension is a seven-game suspension. So he will be available not this Saturday against Memphis, but next Saturday when Ole Miss plays Texas A&M. Texas A&M happens to have a defensive end who is pretty doggone good named Miles Garrett. So this will be the best D-end O-lineman battle that you're going to see that doesn't take place on a Sunday. Miles Garrett, Larry Tunsil, that's going to be must watch from a individual matchup standpoint. From a game within the game standpoint, seeing, you know, can Will Garrett just beat him with speed? Is he strong enough to try to muscle him from time to time? Uh, Tunsil, of course, he might be in playing shape, but he's not in playing games shape from the standpoint of playing game in, game out, you know, if he's going to be very fresh, he's going to be rusty. That's the question. Uh, Garrett's been playing game in, game out uh, in the SEC. To come back in your first game, beat against Miles Garrett, hey, that is, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's saying, that's asking a lot. So, uh, but, you know, he's probably glad to be playing. He's probably glad to be back playing. And, um, it's going to be tough to go up against a defensive end the caliber of Miles Garrett. But, hey, nothing he can do but get himself ready and finish the season strong since he's missed, you know, seven games already. So that will be a great matchup, though. Larry Togo, Miles Garrett. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. Um, we also... Uh, of course, still keeping our, our eye on the Louisville situation, the, the, the scandal going on, prostitutes, and interaction with the recruits and recruits' fathers, and uh, how all of that's going. And you know, uh, stressed out about it, and you know, having to deal with it because it happened on his watch with Miss Powell and Coach McGee. Um, See how all that goes. Terrence Williams, former card, uh, was was blasting the prostitute and then talking about how you know, this never happened. He never had to pay for those types of services. Uh, he was Elvis when it comes to former players in Louisville. Uh, you know, when he goes back to Louisville, he's treated like Elvis. So. That was kind of an interesting quote, but he was vehemently denying his association with any of this and getting a team of lawyers to take action if he needs to take action. So uh, there's that. Um, LSU flip on to the SEC. 
is playing Florida, like we talked about with Tom Green. Oh, he was on the show earlier, so that will be a huge test for Leonard Fournette. Um, and his fullback is injured. His blocking back is injured. Will that matter? We'll see. Is Fournette still going to get his? Uh, we'll see as well. Uh, but the whole Leonard Fournette is better than Herschel Walker talk. I'm not quite by that. And Herschel was before my time. I wasn't even big enough to watch Herschel live, but I'm not about to go and say that, you know, he's already better than Herschel. Herschel kind of came out and said that, but, uh, you know, Herschel was kind of being humble, too. The SEC Network guys were like, man, you don't know even, don't even be like that. Um, but if Fournette is a bad boy and he's put up some huge numbers, um, so we will see what he does against Florida because, you know, that, that Gators defense is nasty. Uh, you saw the pass rush, how they like to get after it. Uh, they start against the run as well. And now Fournette will face them without his fullback, John David Moore, who uh, is injured and doesn't look like he will be playing against the Gators. But Leonard is a beast. Uh, he has put up numbers against everybody. Clear-cut favorite for the Highland right now. You know, if the voting were happening today, you'd have to just have the trophy. Nick Chubb, unfortunately, is injured. He was going to be in that mix as well. He kind of had a leg out corralled against Alabama. He got a long run that kind of made his stats a little bit more impressive than it really were. But uh, unfortunately, he won't be playing out the rest of the season. We'll have to check out some other uh, players from other conferences across the country. I'm not a big Heisman guy, but, uh, you know, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. Will anybody really step up and challenge for net? That remains to be seen. Uh, John David Moore's questionable knee injury, uh, so he, he may not be available there against the Gators. Uh, so, you know, we know how much Emmett Smith loves Daryl Johnson, the boots, and they're feeling him and blocking those linebackers and trying to fill the hole, play in and play out. Uh, so, uh, for that may not have his dude, his fullback in there, paving the way, lead blocking for him. So we'll still see what he does against Florida. Um, and from the Kentucky standpoint, Coach Stoops said that C.J. Johnson is going to play against Auburn. And we know how great he's been on the defensive line this season. You know, that 19 tackle performance uh, that he had, having him out there against Auburn. Because Auburn likes to run the ball, too, even though they do all the tempo and the pace. Uh, they like to hit you with the run. You know, Trey Mason that was there in the NFL now was the key cog in the running game. Uh, Cameron Artis Payne, they've had some good running backs, even though they like to light up the scoreboard uh, and they like to pass the ball. They, they like to run and pound you as well. So having C.J. Johnson there uh, can only help Kentucky as they try to slow down Auburn. 
and keep them from from clicking on all cylinders like they are no doubt hoping to do. Um, so, so on the high school front, Mahon County Black Bears will play at Whitley County on Friday uh, in Williamsburg. They are three and five now, one and one in the district. They got a few wins here lately. Indeed, Lecture County. Um, so they were able to, to get a few wins here. The, the game I went home and watched the play with Belfry was not pretty. Um, it's good to see them get some wins here in the past few weeks. Congratulations to Eddie Treats. He's been on the show uh, with us, and we appreciated that. So, yeah, they've, they've had a few losses where they've just been straight shut out. You know, Southwestern, 57 to nothing. Johnson, 10 to 42 to nothing. Belfry, the game I was at, 43 to nothing. Uh, but they, they bounced back and got a couple wins. Beat Clay County, uh, beat Ledger County Central as well. So, uh, three and five right now. Uh, a couple games left to play for playoff time. So definitely keeping an eye on the high school scene uh, and seeing how things go with my hometown, Harlan County Black Bears. Uh, Kentucky Auburn tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Everybody that's going, have a great time. Enjoy yourself at the game. Those watching it, of course, enjoy yourself as well. Uh, Kobe had great things to say about Julius Randle, talk about him. He can be uh, a star, so that's cool to hear the Black Mamba talk about Julius Randle like that. Um, so once again, you know, a lot of fun things to look forward to. Fall season, the game tomorrow, the NBA, where it's just going to be UK guys everywhere. Uh, Phoenix now has the crown for being the most heavily reps UK squad in the NBA. Uh, you did have to give the title to Toronto. They have Patrick Patterson, uh, Dwayne Casey, and Chuck Hayes. But now, of course, Phoenix with you know, Eric Wessel, Brent Knight, Archie Goodwin, Devin Booker. You got to give the crown to the Suns, uh, the backcourt. You know, out west, they like to get up and down, like to score a lot of points. So um, let's see how those guys do big things as well. Uh, had a fun show. Miss my man, TV. I know you guys listen as well. Appreciate everybody that tuned in, gave us your ears, uh, and listened to the show. Got a fun game tomorrow, Thursday night, with UK and Auburn. We appreciate Tom Green coming on uh, from the Opelika Auburn News uh, to give us a little perspective on the Auburn situation. Jeremy Johnson and Sean White, they'll both probably see action. Auburn is looking to try to do that up-tempo stuff again and speed it up. Uh, if Kentucky can keep on, you know, throttle it, slow them down, three and out, keep them for sustaining drives and getting into that rhythm where, you you know, Auburn is hitting Kentucky with tempo, 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 tempo. We talked about, we heard about how Kentucky going to have a couple of different defensive calls ready. You know, if they're not able to make the substitutions, they want to try to be versatile enough to cover all the bases with the personnel that they have on the field. Uh, so we'll see how it all plays out tomorrow night. We thank everybody for listening. Uh, 
Thanks again to Tom Green. Uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in to the show. We'll see y'all next time, this time next week, on Cash Talk with Vinny and Terry on the Brown Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. Y'all take care.